Shark Buggly. Shark Buggly. Shark Buggly. Hello and welcome to Shark Buggly with me, Katie Johnson, and my good friend Howard Middleton. And if you're a fan of the Great British Bake Off, you will recognise him from Series 4. We're on episode 57, so I've been on the lookout for other things with the same number. Books on Dentistry, published in the UK in 1996. Grams of salt eaten each day by the average horse. And buckets taken on the Victorian Exploring Exhibition from Melbourne, Australia in 1860, alongside 25 camels, 80 pairs of shoes and 30 cabbage tree hats. Hmm. When I caught up with Howard, Glyn and I had only just flown in that morning from a lovely week away with friends in Cyprus. So dear H, noticing I was a little weary, got the conversation started. Have we ever talked about fish and chips? In what respect? <laughs> Do you fancy some? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're like origins and things like that. I or... don't think so. We... I don't think so, but I don't know. We had fish and chips the first night we got there. Did uh, you? Yeah, because we flew in quite late, because it was late flights there and back, and the, we just thought, oh. By the time we'd messed about, we ended up with fish and chips, which were lovely. Yeah. Well... They must have fish and chips in Cyprus, because mm. otherwise yeah. you wouldn't have been able to get them. No. Yeah. So is this mainly catering for the British market, do you think, or do you think... Well, they do a lot of fish, because obviously it's an island, and they've some beautiful fish. Oh, gosh, we had some cracking fish. I, I guess so, but they do it in their own right. Mind you, our godson, because now we've inherited a godson, because, you know, we had... Um, unofficial goddaughters and now we have official goddaughters yes well yes. we've now been chosen as now godparents to a godson and he's going out with a young cypriot girl and it looks quite serious and oh. weirdly i was talking about fish and chips her parents they run a fish and chip shop in wales no I see. It's all linked. What a small world. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm a Grimsby girl, so fish and chips. Well, th this is an interesting point because some people say that, obviously, we're in land in Sheffield, but some people say you should never buy fish and chips unless you can see the sea. Mm. Because, and obviously, if you're on an island, that's great because you've got it all the way around you. But... Um, well, I suppose we have. Uh, but we are, but it's a bit too big, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> see the same. But yeah, I, I can imagine in Grimsby that you can get some lovely yeah. uh, fish and chips. Yeah. yeah. So, what have you found out then about these uh, origins of fish? Well, and chips? I was looking. Um, this also, it's like any of these origin stories. There's a lot of debate about where they come from originally particularly who came up with the idea of putting fish with chips. So apparently in kind of Dickensian times, I think in Oliver Twist, there's a reference to fried fish or a fried fish warehouse. Mm. But apparently that in those days, they used to be sold with, with bread, basically. So like a piece of bread and some fried fish. Oh. And um, although... In the UK, we, we kind of see fish and chips as being a classic British thing. Yes. Um, there's arguments that actually the chip part of it 
probably came from France or Belgium or somewhere like that, which is probably where you get French fries. Oh. Um, but um, but French fries are nothing like chips, no. are they? No, they're not chips. No, no they're not. They're a whole. I don't s- think no. 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 And and actually, I had a look in um, in some of my old books. So I had a look in Cookery Illustrated and Household Management, and even in Constance Fry. Um, so we're talking 1930s to 1950s, and uh, they refer to chip potatoes or chipped potatoes. Yes. yes. So no, nobody calls them chips, but uh, but yeah, chipped or chip chip <laughs> <laughs> chipped or chip potatoes. This also Constance Fry also says she refers to French fries, and she explains that the difference between our chips and French fries is that they peel the potatoes and take the ends off them so that you end up with a an equal length to your uh, to your fries. Uh. So normally if you if you make chips sometimes you'll get little ones and sometimes you'll get much bigger ones mm. won't you? But mm. if you wanting to get that kind of regularity Uniform. you have to take the Uniform, yes, uniformity. <laughs> uh, you have to take the ends off. But she says, don't do that unless you've got an immediate use for the ends of those potatoes. So, <laughs> As what? <laughs> I don't know. Door stops. Earplugs. <laughs> yes, this is it. Don't waste them. I think it's partly that um, against food waste. So if you if you're taking the ends off off your potatoes, don't don't waste. Them. <laughs> Again, a bit of a debate about the the first time fish and chips were put together. Some people say it was in the east end of London, mm. and some people say it was in the northwest in Mossley. Uh, a man called John Lees turned his... <laughs> he had a hut that sold pea soup and pig's trotters. Oh. And, yeah, he thought he'd branch out, and <laughs> this was where he started... <laughs> the chip? ..to do fish and chips, yeah. So, OK. Mm. Oh, I just love fish and chips. Do, I do, and yeah. Do you know, you can, get, you can get it wrong, H. You can get it wrong. Mm. People say to us, if you go over abroad, you go uh, England, ah, fish and chips. That's what they say, isn't it? Fish and chips. But yeah. if you don't get the fat, it's the fat, I think. Because, you know, sometimes it repeats on you. Well, I never have that trouble, but, but yes, I know a lot of people who do, yes. Mm. Yeah. If you don't change it regularly enough, that's when you get the problems. Oh, yes, absolutely. It starts to get coloured and mm, smelly and yeah. things like that. What do you like them with, then? What would you have fish and chips with? Peas. Mushy peas. Peas. Mushy oh, peas, right. yeah. 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 What about you? Do, and do you yeah, yeah. I, oh. I, I'm not a great fan of, of mushy peas. I do a thing sometimes. I'll do broccoli and hey? uh, peas. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> with fish and chips? Fish, chips and no, broccoli? I... <laughs> It was a a Nigella Lawson recipe I saw some time ago. That's not right. That's not right. And you you cook the broccoli and and you add some frozen peas to it. So it does have peas as well, a little bit of mint in there. And then I uh, literally use a stick blender and, uh, you know, sort of cream it so that you've got a sort of green mushy pea and broccoli mix. Yeah. It's not very appetising to you, I can tell. (laughs) 
Red sauce or not? Well, I love a bit of red sauce on mine. My mum does as well, yeah. I'll tell you what I've stopped doing. Vinegar. Oh, I'm not keen on vinegar. No. No. Just no, a bit of, bit of salt. A bit of salt. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we, and this is sacrilege to certain people, but sometimes I, I will have a bit of gravy because chips and gravy are quite nice. No, but... no, I'm with you there, but that has to be just chips and gravy. Not, yeah, not, not with fish. fish, chips and gravy. I, I don't put the gravy on the fish. I keep them separate. I but... should hope so. Because, I've, no, I'm sorry, Howard, again. You, you're letting the side down. You can't have fish, chips and gravy. You can have chips and gravy. Chips and no gravy, fish. yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I, I suppose we should mention as well, if we've got anybody still listening in the USA, chips in the USA is not is not what chips are in in the UK, are they? Fries. They're potato. They're yes. They're mm. fries. Mm. I think fries or French fries tend to be the the thinner things, don't they? Yeah, and we yeah with burgers. We have the big now. ones, don't we? We have the yeah. If you're going to do it, you got to do it properly. I, I was having a look as well in in James Beard because he was saying about deep fried potatoes. Mm. He says whoever invented the deep fried potato surely didn't realise what a sin he was committing. Granted that once in a while, deep fried potatoes, beautifully brown and crisp, and cooked in fine oil or fat, can be a compliment to a good chicken, or a grilled pig's foot, or a, fi <laughs> or a fine steak. But the notion that these bits of potato, when le limp, greasy, without flavour or texture and barely warm, should be served with every dish in the world is odious beyond belief. Uh -huh. A bit sort of like, yes, it's quite a strong opinion. But I, I know what it, I sort of get what he means. The idea of having, I would never have chips with pizza or something like that, like some people would, would you? What's wrong with that? Or do you like, do you like pizza and chips? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're finding out things we didn't know about each other today, All Howard, right. and it's going in a, a separate <laughs> separate direction. <laughs> I can't eat. I think we better draw draw a veil over that. Yeah. Well, I can have mm. if we're sharing a pizza, Glenn and I will have chips. But if it's just a really beautiful Italian pizza in Italy, say. Or an Italian restaurant, then I won't have chips because that is. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's. I think that's. Is that fair? Enough. Okay. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I've come across a high-class cookery recipes because I thought maybe we needed to, you know, up the ante a bit. High-class well, yes. cookery recipes. Yeah. This is the National Training School for Cookery, Buckingham Palace Road. I didn't no. know there was a Buckingham Palace Road. Did you? No, I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> we just presumed that Buckingham Palace is there. There's the mall. But yes. apparently, yeah. the, the, I don't know if there still is a Buckingham Palace Road for this, but there's a National Training School for Cookery Buckingham Palace Road. And it's by a Mrs Charles Clark, which I always found quite sad, really, because do we know this woman's name? Mrs. Charles Clark. No, oh, that was a, that's a strange mm. thing, isn't it? Mm. Why they used to do that? It's almost like Princess Michael of Kent and things like that, mm. where they're not not allowed to have their own their mm, own name. It's yeah. strange. Uh, this was um, 
high class cookery recipes as taught in the school. So looking into this, there was a cookery school, which I thought was quite interesting, especially because you do your baking classes online. It says here, students are trained for teacher's cookery diplomas recognised by the education department, also diplomas for laundry, needlework, dressmaking and certificates in millinery, etc. And classes for cooks and students. So, you could have scullery cleaning for five lessons, 10 in the morning till 12 noon, and that's 10 shillings. Oh. Yeah, 10 plain cookery demonstrations, 10 till noon. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the teacher can't be bothered, really, can they? <laughs> Something plain. Yes, yeah. Uh, that's four shillings and sixpence. Now, it says here, uh, you, you not only have ten plain cookery demonstrations, you can have ten plain cookery practice lessons. Oh. Yeah. And you can also have ten high-class practice lessons, but you can have ten high-class demonstrations. That's two o'clock in the afternoon till four. So... Whether you practice in the morning, I don't know, but the, the <laughs> demonstrations in the afternoon, and that is 10 shillings, and I guess that was quite a lot of money, I don't know. In oh, what year are we talking? Let me have a look. Oh, then it says they'll take them on the road. So this is classes held in any part of the United Kingdom. If 40 people will take tickets at four shillings and sixpence for 10 lessons, and 30 at 10 shillings and sixpence for 10 lessons, Teachers sent to all parts for private lessons at moderate fees. For full particulars, apply to the secretary of the school, Edith Clark, lady superintendent. Ah, that must be Mrs. Charles Clark. Edith. Yeah, she's got her first name, Edith. Yes. One well, of my grandmothers was called Edith. Uh, May. Was she? Yeah. Oh. May 1885. Oh, right. So 10 shillings in 1885. Let's have a look. But I've, I've just had a look. Booking in Palace Road does still exist. It, it's apparently dominated by Victoria Station. It runs from the south side of Buckingham Palace towards Chelsea. Oh, so, very yeah, posh. I didn't know that. Mm. 10 shillings in what? 1885? Yeah, you'll love the preface for this as well. I never say that, you know. I always say preface. Oh, are you doing it yeah. again? What? Are we <laughs> not correcting you? No, I'm just telling you. I always... Preface. 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 Oh, I don't know. What? <laughs> you want to find some person online that tells you how to pronounce Go on then. You go and find one. We can't have that French guy, though. That wouldn't be right. Oh, no. It's got to be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> hundred pounds in 1885 1886 is worth 13,000 today so basically you can multiply it by <laughs> I can hear your brain some... whirring <laughs> I can't <laughs> 13,000 divided by 100 Wait, oh I'm rubbish at this aren't I so that would be 130 wouldn't it is it? You do know I've got jet lag. 130 multiplied by 100 <laughs> equals 13,000. So <laughs> if you take your 50 pence mm -hmm. and multiply it by 130, it's 65 pounds, isn't it? Oh, that would have been... Oh, that would be as it is now, was it? Yeah, Maybe. more or less, isn't it? Yeah. Here we go. This is a pronunciation. I don't want to play this because I've got an horrible feeling. How to announce 
I say preface, you say preface. Let's call the whole thing off. Call the whole thing off. Preface. Let's just find out if we can find anybody else that says it correctly. Try, try an American oh. one. Preface. <laughs> preface. Oh, shut up. Oh. We are looking at how to pronounce this word, as well as how to say more interesting and often confusing words in English, so make sure to stay tuned. How do you say it? Preface. <laughs> you do want to stress on the oh, syllable. Oh, you know. Syllable. syllable. <laughs> I can't believe you found him saying that. <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> really preface. <sighs> right. What was I? Right. right. So, this is Edith. Oh, Howard. I've got me washing on the line. I'm looking up. It's absolutely chucking it down with snow. Oh, no. The washing's we've out. Got a bit, we've got a bit of fine weather now no, at the moment. But... It is snowing. Oh. Mm, dear. Anyway, back to my... <laughs> this is Edith. <laughs> she says, I have written these somewhat hastily during an extra pressure of work entailed by the Inventions Exhibition. So this is basically what she's talking about, the recipes that she's put in this book. So yeah. uh, she, she must therefore ask forgiveness if, in some cases, the recipes are not as neatly worded as they should be. Uh, the recipes themselves I believe to be correct, and that is the great point. I love that. So she's apologised before anything, but she she's... we've we've had this before, haven't we? Where mm. where people have apologised about the fact that they're not used to writing cookery books and recipes and things mm. like that, and oh, you think, oh, don't worry about it. We'd love it, but it's very specific, Howard, because basically yeah. she's blaming the inventions exhibition. So either they <laughs> teed her off. In 1885, I don't know. But I've written these somewhat hastily during an extra pressure of work entailed by the Inventions Exhibition. So you know somebody's cocked up with the plans, don't you? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. They don't want to And she's now got that in print, hasn't <laughs> she? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have another country tuned in. Ooh. But I... <sighs> I'm going to spell it. Cy not Cyprus, is it? <laughs> Cyprus has run up the table, as has Russia, by the way. Oh, no. You told I me I've got to be brave. Word. You you said I've got yeah. to be brave. <laughs> so, this country <laughs> is spelt, are you ready? Yeah. M-A-C-A-O. Macau, mm. is it? Is it Macau? I don't know because I've obviously been pronouncing preface, preface for wrong all my life. <laughs> so I'm not going to even begin to know what this is. Try and find that French bloke. Okay? <laughs> See how he pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to pronounce. <laughs> right, I've looked here. It's a Chinese special administrative region. Oh. Oh. It has giant casinos and malls on the Cote Strip. I reckon somebody's on holiday. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. It's nice for them. I don't blame them. I'm not jealous. The macaws come from Macau. You know the bird? I don't know, Dan. Am, am I just thinking that they look a little bit alike? It's 
one of Asia's oh. most exciting destinations with a unique Portuguese-Chinese heritage, a legendary food scene and sparkling oh. skyline. Oh, it sounds lovely. It it's just what we want. Yes, Michelin star dining, world-class shopping, bustling markets. Hmm. It, do you know, a bustling, that's interesting, actually. That links into something else I was looking at this week, your bustling market. Um, Are you calling me a bustling market? <laughs> <laughs> you just called me a bustling market. I didn't say you bustling market. You did. I said your bustling market. <laughs> your bustling market. It, it was a thing that was in The Guardian about how people have, have basically lost their sense of smell with food. So it did touch on the idea of people who've had COVID, mm -hmm. obviously, that that has affected some people but we've spent so many years with food being wrapped up in plastic and things like that that we've lost the ability to kind of smell and see when something's ripe or what mm. it what, what it feels like and so on and even to the point where children just don't know they tested uh, kids and gave them a, a mint leaf and said, you know, what's this smell like? And they said it smells like toothpaste. Oh, you know, so just not. Yes, mm. and also that you know when they asked kids where food comes from, a lot of them now say it's from mummy or uh, mummy and daddy's laptop. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sad, it's like it? wow. Mm, it's sad. Right, I'm going to. So yeah, that. a nice bustling market with all that produce is. Wow. Is what you need, isn't it? There yeah. was that was what happened in Cyprus. You could go into fresh fruit, fresh, and they got the fish, they got the meats. Oh, beautiful! I love it. Put on half yeah. a stone mine, but there we are. That's uh, credit to the <laughs> credit to the country's food scene, I'd say. Howard, I've have got a little surprise for you. Oh yeah. We went with a couple of friends on to Cyprus, which was wonderful, and we'd been to this meze, most amazing original meze set many many years ago and we we thought we'll see if they want to go and of course they did anyway it was amazing um just you just keep eating they come out with little dishes and whatever but we were served by one of the owners who had the most beautiful voice and i know you do love don't you your voices oh yes mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so his name's ben which i know doesn't sound very cypriot <laughs> but it he is he is. Yeah. And uh, I asked him to just just say, just hang on. So, are you listening? Yeah. Hello there. You're listening to the Shaq Bagley podcast. <laughs> well. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? Oh, you haven't done the reaction I thought you would. Hello. You're listening to the Shaq Bagley broadcast. <laughs> Shaq Bagley broadcast. <laughs> It, it does sound a little bit like the French guy. Is that is that what the reaction that no. you thought? Oh, no, no, you've you've disappointed me now. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not the first time. So it's. I thought you'd have gone. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is this is quite worrying now that y your mission is to go round and find people who might make me go. Ooh. <laughs> so he didn't. Not 
clearly. No, I mean, he's got a lovely voice. Yeah, a lovely absolutely. voice. Absolutely. Lovely yeah. voice. And it wasn't put yeah. on. That was his voice. No, no. Mm. Uh, we've got a few hellos to say, haven't we, Howard? A couple from the Instagram when we were chatting about... Um, we put Patrick Duffy, didn't we? The picture of that. You made me smile. Yes. He said, you you need help in folding your arms because you could never do that so impressively. <laughs> <laughs> that did make me smile. Um, but uh, Jerry said episode 56 was another fab one, which we much appreciate. Thank you very much indeed, Jerry. And Jane McDonald says, Patrick Fluffy. So, uh, yeah, that made me smile as well. So, uh, yeah. Well, now, we've joined another Facebook page. And the page oh. is The Great British Bake Off Spoilers and More. And we've had an incredible response, Howard. What have you got there for oh. us? So, Sharon, who says she's sending love to us from Canada, and she loves the little bear that I made out of uh, chocolate. She was also upset about custard. Oh, Liz says, <laughs> best podcast ever. We need this after the last few years. Thank you for doing it. Isn't that lovely? Oh, that is nice, isn't it? That is nice. Um, speaking of uh, uh, listeners abroad, we did put out with some of these new folk, and hello to you from that Facebook page, we heard from Angela, who's listening in Boston, Massachusetts. I just That's a place I'd love to visit. Who else have you got there, H? Carol, who's preparing for a cross-country US trip. So she's just added our podcast to her lineup. Can't wait to give it a listen. And we've got Ria, who says, I have never listened to a podcast. I'll give it a try. You might make my treadmill walk more interesting. Oh. That's no that's no pressure, is it? <laughs> Never listened to one, and she's on a treadmill. Good oh, Lord. Dear. It worries me, because don't forget, a lot of people have said whilst driving, it can be dangerous. I mean, you could have all sorts in a... I tell you, the, yeah. the folk in the USA won't understand what we're going to say, but treadmill, Ronnie Corbett? Ronnie Corbett on a treadmill? Yes. I'm, I'm not giving you the reactions at all that you want today, am I? <laughs> I don't remember Ronnie Corbett on a treadmill. Is this the way to Amarillo? What, and he was on a treadmill? Yeah, was I? for the comic relief, wasn't it? Peter Kay. Oh, they weren't. Yes. <laughs> they were supposed to look as if they were walking down a road, but they were actually on a treadmill. That's right. Yes. I, I, I was trying to think <laughs> of a time when I saw Ronnie Corbett on a, on a treadmill. <laughs> Yeah, so he, for those that don't... I once saw, what's his name? Arsene Wenger. You be careful how you say that. <laughs> what were you doing? Arsene Wenger on a treadmill. The yeah. Arsenal manager that was? Yes. It, was, it must have been in, in Sheffield for, for something. And he was, uh, he was in the same gym that I used to go to. Mm -hmm. So, yes, he was on a treadmill. Oh, I've, right. se I've seen a few famous people on treadmills, but not Ronnie Corbett. When I was on the radio, we had uh, listeners ringing in about where they'd seen celebrities and what they were doing. And I also remember there was a lovely lady who rang in and said, Katie, I saw Joanna Lumley choosing knickers in Marks and Spencers. Did she? Did she? Wow! <laughs> I know. Uh, hi oh. to Marissa, who I just love the surnames Featherolf. Love your season and your podcast. That's nice, isn't it? Lovely. Yeah. And you've also got? Sarah Elizabeth says she's up to date now since our last post. And she's blitzed them all. 
lovely tonic on her dark morning walks. Oh, that's so. I don't nice. know whether that's. I don't know whether she's particularly experiencing a dark morning or whether it's just <laughs> that she normally walks in the morning and it's a bit dark. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So huge thank you to everyone who's been in touch, be it Facebook, Instagram, or don't forget the email podcast at theshatbaggerly.co.uk. You know, when you're on holiday and you're sort of chilling, aren't you, and whatever, in, I'd come across, before I went out there, uh, there's a chap, <laughs> and I started to explain this to our friends, there's a chap in our local town who's looking for... <laughs> and um, what I wanted to say was adult performers to go into the... <laughs> You've done the same thing, haven't you? You've done the same thing. What I was going to say was adult performers who haven't been acting for for a long time to do the stage. Well, these friends thought I was being conned into going to adult movies and, and porn sites, for goodness sake. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the things you do. Yes, yeah. So are you, are you going? I'd like to. Not for the porn yes. thing. But, um, no, yeah. No, I know, but... Yeah. yeah. No, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be judgmental either way. But I mean, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, when you've got well, you don't have to remove your clothes on holiday, but you kind of get a bit warm in a jumper, don't you? If it's twenty-two yeah, Celsius, yeah. and uh, <laughs> both Glyn and Tom, his name is um, Jules, the other half of Tom, apparently turned to Tom. And so when he was getting undressed, she says, Have you eaten a balloon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Uh, so that was the theme for the rest of the week then. We were all eating balloons. I'd eaten three, oh. but there we are. Yeah, yeah. So you missed me then. What have you been doing this week? Well, how's Mum? I think it was last week I fitted her a new doorbell, which... Uh... <laughs> She's very, very, she's happy now. But the first day I fitted it, um, she phoned me up to say, nobody's been to the door. I don't know whether it's working or not. So I said, well, just press it yourself. Yeah, but people will think it, I'm, I'm being strange pressing my own doorbell, won't they? So anyway, <laughs> the following day, she phoned me up, somebody's just been to the door, they rang the doorbell. And then a little bit later on, we were about out, about to have lunch. And I got a call again. I'm thinking, oh, I always worry when I see my mum's phoning, thinking, you know, she mm. might not be very well or whatever. Somebody else has just been to the door. It's still working. <laughs> I don't need that. She says, I won't phone you every time. <laughs> but I just wanted to, to let you know. And then on, and then on Mother's Day, because obviously we have Mother's Day on a different day to what they do in, in the USA. So we recently had Mother's Day. I sent some flowers. Well, I mentioned to her, there will be a delivery coming today. Mm. Anyway, uh, she said the doorbell went and she shouts, just leave them on the step. And uh, there's, there's this woman there saying about flowers. And she thought, oh, I'd better open the door. And uh, she said, considering they were uh, delivered by waitress, she says, I thought, she smells a bit of smoke, this, <laughs> this woman that's delivered it. And she's wearing a onesie. <laughs> so she said to her, 
I, I bet you're busy today, aren't you? She said, no, not, not particularly. Anyway, what she realised was it's <laughs> Kerry or Kelly from across the road that had just come across to tell her that someone had left <laughs> some flowers on the doorstep. <laughs> if you were listening a few weeks back, Kelly or Kerry is not to be confused with Shirley with the steps. The gorgeous voice you heard belonged to Ben, who with his family runs Seven St George's in Paphos, the most amazing place for a Cypriot mezze. So if heading over there, it's a must. And once again, we love hearing from you, be it on Instagram, Facebook or email, podcast at theshatbaggerly.co.uk. So that's it for another week. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Ooh, hang on, the phone's ringing. Hi, hi June, hi. Howard's mum. Hmm, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's still working then. <laughs>